You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you listen to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I'm going stateside and I'm speaking to a wonderful artist from Michigan. Her name is Justine. Hi, Justine Blazer. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm absolutely fantastic. How are you doing? Doing really good. Doing great on this Wednesday morning. I guess we're in the afternoon now. It's uh, in my time. I'm, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, but it's, you know, it's good. Actually, nice day out. 60 degrees, sunny, beautiful day here in Nashville. So no oh, complaints. Wow. That's like going, going to, UK, uh, to like Celsius. That's about what, 20 degrees Celsius? I I, I, I'm just guessing here. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's like 37 degrees Alexa, Celsius. What is 60 degrees Fahrenheit to Celsius? Fifteen point six degrees Celsius, according to Alexa. Wow. I mean, I was close enough with 20 as a guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, at the moment it's about six degrees. So it's that's what. 40, 43, 44 Fahrenheit. Okay. Huh. So it's well. not too bad. It's it's warmer than what it has been. Yeah. Is it gloomy? Is it gloomy there? It's been horrible. It's been raining constantly. The 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 uh the like stereotypical, you know, envisioning of what I imagined, you know. British weather. <laughs> Yeah, when I went to London, you know, a few years ago, it was like, it was gloomy, like every day. It was, I think, I don't think the sun shined once. I really don't think so. It was like March, February, March. That and is... it was one sunny day. I was there for two and a half weeks and I had one day of sun. You need to come, you need to come here in like July, August, because we usually get about two weeks of sun. It's brilliant. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> don't overdo it. <laughs> I know. It's It's crazy. <laughs> So we was actually talking for a bit just before we've actually started recording and you did a fantastic impression of the underground. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, I was telling you the story about how I was down there. And uh, so I was by this, you know, we we're right by the one of the one of the stations and I had to basically take, you know, the, the I guess the Eurostar is what you guys call it, um, all around. And so I just ingrained in my head because I was on that train so much and, and it was like the automated voice and it was like, now stopping black wall next stop black wall now stopping doors closing <laughs> <laughs> and that's my impression of it it's the stupidest story but i thought it was know, lovely little things kind of just ingrained in your head so black wall now stopping <laughs> for, the, for those that listen to me they always know that they know they should, well they should know but now after 64 episodes that i'm from i'm from the north and whenever I do go to London, that is one of the things that I genuinely do love is the whole, like, the tube systems and listen to all the different sounds. And what was it like mm. in London for you? I, um, I was actually quite shocked on how, uh, I, I don't want to say people were rude, but people were very like, they were go mode. I about, I about got knocked over like so many times. I'm just walking through the, through the tunnels or whatever, like going up the escalator and people are like bashing by me. Like just, yeah. I, mean, I was like, this, am I in New York? Like, where am I? You know? And, um, people were, oh, and then I was playing a, my, my, uh, my show. Right. And, um, 
I was just trying to mix it up. So I'm playing some of my music. I'm playing some of um, whatever. And I just thought it'd be cute to play um, <laughs> Wonderwall. <laughs> Big yeah. mistake. Yeah. F you, dumb American. We hit that song. I'm like, okay, I'll stop playing it. Apparently it's a spot. thing is though, that's that's... I mean, I, I speak on behalf of the North. We love that song up here. And we're not that rude up North. We're, we're really lovely. We always say hi. There's always a running joke between, it's always on Facebook, that how people are always shocked at how kind and how talkative us Northerners are compared to those down South. Yeah. Well, that's what everybody was saying because I was just kind of like, is everyone this, you know, like, you know, and then I, um, I had like a, I had like two people kind of, they were like my guides or whatever. Um, it was kind of a cool experience cause it was set up through this label I worked with out in Ireland and they just basically like organized the entire tour. So I flew into Dublin, did my shows there. And then I went all the way over to, um, like Galway and like all of those areas. I was playing all through there. And then I flew to London and I, I was by myself. So it was really, really, really scary. I'll be honest. I was like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and, um, and so then when I landed, they had the rep, the London rep. And I'm like, am I going to get like trafficked or like kidnapped <laughs> or something like that? But they, the guy was fine. And he like, you know, kind of picked me up or whatever and kind of showed me, you know, to where I was going, but we had to basically take my, my luggage and go through, we were at Heath or he, yeah, we we're at Heathrow. And then they have, you know, very long excursion, you know, into, into the city <laughs> all underground. And so I just had my stuff and I was like, so, so scared. But then I finally met this girl. Her name was Tilly. I think I'm still friends with her on, on Facebook, but she was this like little, like 20 something, like young, young little girl. She's so cute, but she was so worldly. And she showed me all around London and she, I got like the VIP tour i mean she showed me all around we like went everywhere um we went to like buckingham we went to you know all the different spots she showed me where the tea was at um harold's and um it was just such a cool experience and so she was she really hooked me up and um we went to the you know um the, the, the tower, we went everywhere. We just kind of hit up all the different spots. Cause I kept saying like, I want to see London. I want to see London. I want to see London. And so, um, but yeah, I kind of got the sort of hustle and bustle of it, but, um, it was, it was really neat. And then I, we went up, what, what's the big thing where you guys walk up the, the stairs. It's like the big, um, you walk up like 500 steps, like in a, in a spiral and you go up at the, at the top. What do you, what do you call that? The, um, is that the Canary Wharf or is that, I, um... I think, I think one of those yeah we we did that and um uh, and then i don't even know but it was it was really fun but um i i liked i liked ireland uh a lot too because they had um the, the most amazing fish and chips i ever had and like we we played one of the one of the pubs one of the night and uh they were so nice like talk about totally opposites like the <laughs> irish people they were so nice oh my gosh they like treated us like we were you know rock stars and they like they had the bar open till like three or four in the morning after we got done with our show the owners came and they like made us like a special chip fish and chips and we had like free you know beer and all this stuff it was so so fun and then it was really interesting because you know we're used to tipping over here in, in the states so yeah. i was like trying to order my drink or whatever and I like tipped them and stuff. And they thought that that was, they were like laughing at me. They're like, Oh, American. You know, I was like, Oh, I'm just <laughs> tipping. You know, it's like, 
weird to think I don't have to tip you, you know? So, um, so there's just all these little things, these like called these little culture things that, um, that were really fun. And, uh, I don't know, it was, it was such a fun experience and I've just been wanting to go back, but I want to see more of Europe because I only got to su- to see that. I want to kind of see like maybe Germany and, you know, some of the other spots. Um, you so need, you, need to, you need to come up North. You need to come see more of the UK and actually experience like the countryside here. Cause the countryside. No, I, I absolutely, and that's what everybody kept saying because, um, you know, they were saying the exact same thing. You have to go up, to, you know, to the north because, like, that really the country music really resonates up there. Because I was trying to do a lot of the the tour, of the the pub tours and such as in London, and the scene was cool, but they just didn't really connect with the songs as much as say like the Irish people. And they kept saying like you should go up to the northern um, areas, and you'll your music will probably connect with them a lot more. Which I totally can see that. Um, we still had a lot of fun, um, but I did I did thought it was really funny because I was like walking around and they were like oh see that group of, of girls and they had like the really tall hair like like the snooky hair and stuff and they were saying like that's the gypsies and they were telling me all about that that whole culture so I thought yeah. that was that was really interesting too <laughs> so you've also got somebody next to you do you want to introduce us oh sure yes this is this is Megan uh Megan Harper she's actually so many things. Um, actually, I, I produced her stuff, produced her vocals, and she's actually a producer too. Which we we kind of work together on her music, and um, she's she interned for me um, for several months, and then now she's like part of the ten seventeen studio uh, staff uh, coordinator assistant. So she's a, she's on a lot of my video shoots, photo shoots. Uh, she helps me with my stuff, and then she's you know books clients for me, and just a bunch of different stuff. So we just had a thing here in Nashville where we had a the reveal of my billboard in Nashville yeah and she was there taking pictures so yeah so there hello hello hi <laughs> Megan what how did you two meet then like what started it all off it was like a year ago it was about a year ago yeah. I actually moved up here from Memphis Tennessee it's about a three-hour drive from the west and I'm uh, sorry oh no it's fine <laughs> uh it's a three-hour drive here from the west and I actually produced and wrote a lot of my uh, own original material, but I did not have the means to be able to do any recording. And uh, I actually found Justine online and I just sent her my stuff and I was like, can you record my vocals? She said, absolutely. We did a couple more projects together and then I just inquired about, hey, you do like interning and stuff like that. Is there any way that I could work for you? Sat down, we talked it out and I started just coming on to projects and then she we eventually like sat down and then over dinner one day she talked about like this this plan for 1017 studios and asked me to come on board and I was like absolutely so that that's about it it was a year a year's worth partnership uh in the making at that point yeah yeah haven't looked back since no, yeah absolutely not yeah it's just it's all just been pretty recent stuff you know I just rebranded about two months ago. So I was just going under my own name for a long time, just seeing Blazer Productions. And it just, it just kind of felt like kind of lame, like, oh, it's my productions, you know? And it's like, okay, I want to, I want to separate myself from the production. Cause this is, this, I have a much bigger vision for the studio. And that's not just about my agenda. It's about, you know, bringing on powerful, uh, professionals, especially I'm all about other women in the, in the, in the audio world. We only 3% of women that do audio, uh, 
total in the whole world, you know? Oh, so, yeah. so it's like, it's like, you know, I want to feel like if, if I'm doing it, you know, I'd like to, and I see other talent and they happen to it's just not because she's one, but it just happens to be, it helps because it's like, we continue to make this movement for equality. I mean, we, if we can even get to like 10%, that's <laughs> improvement. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if we're 50, 50, but you know, um, Hey, any little bit of, uh, shift is, is a good thing. And then it just sort of went from that. And then, um, it just actually started to organically go into this space of video. So my, my clients, you know, we're, we're, uh, recording songs with, with me and Megan's helping out with these tracks and stuff. And then they all come to me and they're like, we want to get a video made. Where do we go? Who do we see? What do we do? You know? And it's like, I kept, you know, sending them to different people. The videos would come back. They look like total crap. <laughs> I got damage and control spend, and they spend, too and they spend you it. know, spend t- thousands of dollars on these videos. And and I, and it, something clicked in my head and I'm like, I can do, I just got to learn how to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this too. So, um, I worked with a couple of video people kind of worked under them for just a few, very short amount of time, just, just a couple months kind of learned from them, bought my equipment and boom, I'm now doing videos and, and, you know, she's, she's assisting and, um, taking photos and behind the scenes and social media. And, you know, it's really this kind of full service to the artists. And so they're getting a video, a song, photos, behind the scenes, social media, they're getting all this stuff. And we're doing it at a very affordable price because I'm an artist too. So I know how expensive this stuff can get. And especially when you're kind of self-funded and you're, you know, kind of independent, it's like, you don't really have a whole lot of people like backing you. You have to sort of it out so you know it's just offering something in this space in this market especially in this like covid time that we're in um and i've been more i'm like been busier than ever like i it's literally been non-stop projects because you know we're just trying to do something different trying to do something you know really cool here in nashville and uh and really care you know we really i really take pride in in what i do and in helping the artists so yeah that that was going to be my next point as well was the fact that we're going through this whole coronavirus pandemic and we're all going through this really tough time and you've just released your new single Mm -hmm. so what has it been like for you promoting just sing well it's we're on day three so so far um it's been good talking to you um i've had some other interviews as well um i've had several write-ups already um i've had some playlist ads already on spotify um they just did a big publication yesterday media magazine which is like a really big publication so i'm really excited about that um it's just been me really getting out there and, and just trying to be organic with 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 the with the process you know i can't go on like a radio tour. I can't, you know, just go out in clubs and be like, Hey guys, here's my CD, buy it. You know, it's, (laughs) I don't have that, you know, so I don't, you have to find, um, other ways to get the word out. And so really it's just for me, like, you know, people that I know and people that follow my, my stuff, um, it's having them spread the word. You know, I did a whole, uh, last week I mailed out, I don't even know how many CDs I was, it was dozens of, of, of CDs that people ordered, you know, and I just, I hand wrote everything out. I, I, you know, autographed every single one of my personalized stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, in this COVID kind of world that we're in getting back to sort of the basics and fundamental stuff, everything's gotten so automated and so like removed. So any little thing now that I feel like is going to be a tangible sort of humanistic factor to it, I think it's going to carry a lot more, which 10 years ago, that wouldn't even been that big of a deal. But now we've gotten so away from that. When we go back to those things, it's, 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 it's very special. It's, you know, it's like, wow, this person actually like hand wrote me like, 
you know, yeah. a thank you. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like we've gotten so automated and so everything's digital. So I think things like that is going to help um, bring you more to people's top of mind um, versus everyone's just trying to do the Instagram. And there's nothing wrong with the Instagrams and the Facebooks and all that stuff, but I think it needs to be sort of as a, um, so in support of the actual bread and butter of the process. And that is, you know, really getting to people and really making a difference and really talking to them and not just, they're just another follower. They're not, they're just another person that whatever really trying to get in there and make a connection. So I think that's, that's the problem a lot with artists today that are just sort of breaking into it is they, you know, they, they had that disconnect. They don't quite know sort of how to do it. And, you know, Taylor Swift, you know, lover or hater, but you know, she has a quote. She's like, if I want to sell 250,000 records, I had to shake 250,000 people's hands. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. You have to physically like be there, you know? And so with, with COVID and all this stuff, we don't have that luxury. So you have to do things like sending CDs and sending, you know, personal notes and trying to make phone calls and try to get as personal as you can with people. Um, I, I like getting on the phone. I like talking to people. I don't like this, like, separation of, of texting and all that. I, I just don't, you know, I, maybe I'm more old school. I don't know, but <laughs> I like to have that, that connection with, yeah. with that person. Oh, exactly. I mean, speaking face to face, I mean, it's like doing this, you know, chat now. I always right. prefer to have a video call where we can actually see each other and actually engage with each other. Whereas, you know, I could just do it on the phone. I could just do an audio, you know, just as if I'm talking on the phone, it's just right. not the same talking to somebody face to face i mean i'd love to do this in person but obviously with covid it's just so different and everything's happening we'd probably still be this way because i'm not you know you're not gonna come to nashville i'm not gonna come to you want to bet (laughs) yeah that's true that's true have have you been to nashville i've never been to nashville yet it's one thing that i've always wanted to do i've I've been to i've stayed a lot of times in like texas san antonio austin and i've been to florida i want i've not been to new york yet i've always wanted to go and i want to go to california Oh, California. I love the West Coast. Yeah. Love, love, love. It's, it's expensive to live out there, you know, because taxes are like 50, 60%. But, um, you know, you either love West Coast, or you hate it. There's nothing in between. I personally love the West Coast, but I know a lot of people that are like despise it, you know. So um, it, New York's cool, but I would I would definitely go California over New York for sure. Me, me personally. What about personally, you? California. Yeah. yeah North, North, Cal- North California is super, super pretty. Over LA any day. But I just, I just love the vibe out there. There's just something about that town. It's just, I don't know, maybe because I'm more like bought into it because I love the whole like Hollywood, you know, sort of theme stuff and, you know, being sort of in the entertainment industry for my whole life. It's just, I love that, that element. So much history has happened out there. And, um, but like Nashville is kind of like a mini LA in some, in some regards, we have a lot of celebrities here. We have a, like a whole scene here, um, but it's just more more laid back version yeah. of, of LA, you know, so, but there's a lot of parallels for sure. What, what would you recommend me do if for when I do visit, cause I will be visiting hopefully very soon, depends on what happens regarding these lockdowns and flight restrictions. Where would you recommend me go straight away? Well, man, there's so many choices mm-hmm. uh, like in Nashville or, or in the States, Nashville, Nashville. Okay. Broadway. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, one, Broadway. one of, well, Broadway is just one of the things I would recommend, but you know, definitely like hit up the Ryman. I mean, like I said, we're kind of in a bad state right now where a lot of our venues are, are at risk right now of, of closing for good, yeah. but Bluebird is iconic. I mean, you have to go to Bluebird because that's just like where so much 
history and, and people had started and it's just this little old like divey place in the middle of a strip mall. It's not, it, you, you would be like, why is this such a big deal? But it is, you know, like it's just got this whole thing because it's like so much history there. So Bluebird, um, the Ryman is amazing. The Opry, and then of course, Broadway is sort of this like party scene. So you have this like strip of bars and live bands and everything else. And you can just get like completely wasted, you know, like <laughs> get drunk, you know, party the night away. Um, and then, um, you know, there's a lot of different other spots like Midtown and there's East Nashville, which is kind of has its own little thing. Um, but, you know, Opryland's really pretty, especially during Christmas time, because it's got you got all the Christmas decorations and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, there's just we have, the, we have the Parthenon. We have so many spots here um, the, that the are Dollywood so cool. Park. Well, Dollywood's in East Tennessee. That's right. that's in that's like three hours east. But um but yeah, I mean, there's just so many spots in Nashville that are just so cool. It depends on like what, what you're looking to do. Um, but there's like 12 South. That's a cool little spot. The Gulch, um, you know, just, you can just hop around. Nashville's not very big. So, you know, you just kind of loop around and you're going <laughs> to hit the hall. So what's yeah. your favorite thing to do? Drink. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She said drink. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I guess pre COVID, you know, yeah, go out and there's a lot of different events around town. Um, but now I don't, I don't know. I don't really go out and do much because it's just so like, you know, restricted now. Um, I, I mean, being a producer, I just pretty much stay in my studio and, and make music and stuff like that. I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy you know, the, the producing and, and the writing and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would go out a lot to different events, a lot of songwriting events, a lot of, um, different events, like they have whiskey jam. That's kind of a big deal here. Um, and stuff like that. So it's just, it just depends. And, you know, and I, I played a lot down on Broadway, so I played almost every single night, um, with my band. So that was really, really fun. So honestly, when I wasn't playing, I actually was staying home because I was just trying to like recoup from being out every night, you know, Yeah. but now it's, it's a little bit different. So, um, cause I don't, it's like the opposite. I never leave really. So <laughs> like today where we're at a, on a billboard or something like that but it's just been it's just been a really, really big shift you know tell me more about this billboard like what how did that all come about well i signed um like a record deal basically uh, a couple like about a month ago and um it's with mc1 they're uh like an independent label here in nashville but they have sony and orchard uh distribution so it's kind of a cool little thing there because it you know they get your music out to a lot of different platforms and stuff like that and they have access to like you know getting your song on the radio and you know billboards and things like that so it's just it's just more um just more more perks you know i've done the, the independent artist thing for god like years <laughs> and um and so you know i just wanted something a little bit different you know they offered me this and i've been friends with them for like over a year now, I've been kind of writing with them and they've, they have their own publishing house. And so I've been, you know, producing a lot of their artists and working with them, um, over at, over at MC one, there's like Melissa Lee, there's, um, Corey Lee Barker, there's Randy Barnett. There's like all these really amazing writers over there. And I've been writing a lot with them, um, for like sync licensing stuff. And, um, it's just been a very progressive, you know, kind of growth. And a lot of my artists I produce, you know, work with them as well. And so it just felt like a family over there. And, uh, and so when, when I did just sing and I just did it just to do it and I got the video done, I got everything finished and I just offered it sort of turnkey ready. And I'm like, here, you know, what do you think of this? And they were like, 
let's get it out to radio like now, you know? And so it was a very quick sort of process. And, uh, but they were able to, you know, get the billboard and all those kind of things. Um, you know, with Nashville, it's kind of one of those towns where, you know, a lot of these people have these sort of grandfathered in connections, you know, so they have (laughs) these things that are just sort of like, you know, like this guy wrote this song for this guy and he, you know, was a number one, you know, writer for Tim McGraw or whatever, you know, this all of these sort of grandfathered things where, it's like just kind of everybody knows everybody in town and it's once you're in that circle, it's not hard to get stuff. It's just like make, they make the call, but to get into those circles, it's, that's what's, that's what takes time. And I've been in Nashville for almost 10 years now. And it's just now taking me this long to sort of get into these people's circles because they're very territorial. They don't just like let anybody in, um, where they actually like do something for you, you know, so just, it just takes time, you know, so it's, it's just a different town, different approach here. What was it like moving from Michigan to Nashville? Did you move straight from Michigan to Nashville or do you move elsewhere? Um, yeah, actually. So I was born in Detroit and then my dad was an engineer for Ford and he actually, um, got relocated to Nashville when I was like, really young, like probably two or three years old. And we actually lived down here for about three years. And I vaguely remember it, um, but we lived down here. And um, and then my dad moved back up to Detroit because he got transferred back up there for, for Ford. Um, he was a mechanical engineer. And so, and so then I pretty much, my memories are Michigan, you know, that's, that's pretty much, I see old pictures from when I lived in Nashville. Yeah. But I don't really remember it that much. Um, so, uh, so I guess I kind of feel like I have somewhat of a history with this town being here at a young age as well. Um, and then I did just, just started coming back down and visiting, um, on a regular basis. And, you know, I just remembered how much this town is like for me, you know, this is definitely like where I want to be. And, um, I just didn't really know how to make that possible. And then, um, we just decided one day, like, we're just going to make it happen. So we did. And, um, and we've been down here ever since. So yeah, so it's been almost, almost 10 years now. <laughs> now going into just sing, I find it's very much a empowering song. Oh yes. Where, 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 where did it come from? Yeah. So I wrote this back in August, um, with Melissa Lee, who's another writer. And yeah, we just, she just came over. It was, it was the first time writing with her, but I've known Melissa for a while. She was actually the A&R over at, at MC one. And, um, yeah. And we just were like, let's just write a song, whatever. And like, I always do, I, I always have co-rates for people. And uh, I don't know this one was different though. Cause I kind of sat down at the piano and I just kind of started like plucking out the chords and stuff. And then, um, the lyrics just kind of came to me and she sort of started having lyrics and we just sort of like went back and forth, went back and forth. And I just like, couldn't write it fast enough. I just, you know, just kind of poured out of me and it really came together really, really fast because the lyrics really do resonate with sort of the time that we're in. Because for me, like my voice, I felt like was silenced in some ways because I was performing so much and sharing my, my gift to people more or less, you know, the gift of singing, you know, and, uh, and then I wasn't, you know, so I just, those songs about just like going for it, just singing anyway, sing for yourself, sing, um, and that's a metaphor. It can be anything in your life, you know, just going for it, you know, just dance, just run, try something new, whatever it may be. Um, so it's just all of those things, uh, just trying to conquer this sort of time that we're in, you yeah. know? So, yeah. I mean, as an artist, you'll, you'll know this for certain. 
but we always get told no. There's always there's always circumstances where we're told no and we can't do this, we can't do that. What's the most memorable no that you've ever been told? Oh God, I can't even count. <laughs> I mean, rejection it just comes with with the with the gig. Yeah. I, where do I start? <laughs> so, <laughs> Something memorable. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like any, any like dramatic story. It's just, you know, I remember, um, when I was starting off in Detroit, um, right at high school, I started getting into, I moved to New York. You know, I lived in New York for a year and I was, I was homeless in New York. I was like a gypsy, literally just like, like crashing on couches, like crashing in people's beds. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have a, 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 an address, you know, um, my cousin lived up there. So I think I had, you know, listed her as my house, but I was just kind of going anywhere because I wanted to be out there so bad and study and, um, audition for things. And, um, so that was just, I got up every day and I, I think I worked as a waitress, you know, I, I served a couple times a week just for like money or whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't have rent because I was just staying with people, you know? So I was just trying to be out there because I just wanted it so bad. I wanted to be, you know, make it somehow, some way. And um, so, yeah, I would, you know, experience a lot of no's with the, with those auditions. And then um, I moved back to Detroit and I really started to get like rev up my whole music career and um, get my band going. And I remember just calling promoters and calling um, venues and calling um, anything I could do, you know, and just feeling like, no one was responding. Like nobody was listening to me. Um, and getting really frustrated because I, um, it's like, what more can I, can I do, you know, to, to get myself like known or whatever. And, um, and then, you know, finally it started getting a little bit of of progress. And then I moved down to Nashville and I remember same process. I would just knock on doors. Like I, no one really gave me like a handbook on how to get this, like how to get where you want to go. So Mm -hmm. I would just go like what my gut told me to do. And literally I walked up and down music row with my press kit (laughs) and I had like a whole stack of them. I would like make like folders and I had like my CD and like, and I just like walked door to door and I'm like, you know, Hey, is, uh, you know, and I like look up who the A&R is or whatever. And they'd be like, do you have an appointment? I'm like, yeah, I don't have an appointment. (laughs) well, you know, they're not in. And I was like, okay, well, can you give this to, you know, John Smith or whatever, and like whoever the NR is, yeah. you know? And it's like, I don't even know how else to get going. Cause like, this was got like 10 years ago. This is before Instagram. This is before, um, like all of these platforms now where it's like, everything's sort of transparent now. But, um, so yeah, I would just like walk up and down, um, that. And I think I got a meeting and got a meeting eventually with one of the publishing houses. And, um, you know, I, I went in there and they brought me in. I thought, I really thought I was going to, you know, get a publishing deal. And it's like, she sat me down and to tell me we don't have a spot for you. And it was just like, why did oh you, why did you bring me in? You know? And it's, it's like, it was just, it was like heartbreaking. Cause it's like, why are you wasting my time? If you don't want me to be a part of your thing, like, why are you making this big production about it? You know? And it's like, so that, you know, there's moments like that. I was on a TV show called American Supergroup, And, um, you know, it, I got, I got cut right, right away, you know, and I had this, I had these intentions of, of going all the way through going really far on the show. And 
you know, I signed all the paperwork and I did my audition and blah, blah, blah. And to get cut like the very first round, you know? So it's like, I can't tell you how many times I've been, I've been cut and told no. And, you know, and it's almost like in spite, you know? So when something good actually does come through, you know, I think we, we, as a society, we talk so much about how like amazing our lives are and how great everything is. And it's like, you know, we're not allowed to show failure. We're not allowed to show the things that you didn't get. And it's like, um, you know, for every single thing I have succeeded at, like what looks like, you know, I'm just killing it. You know, there's been a thousand attempts of it failing. You know what I'm trying to say? So just to give you some perspective, this stuff just didn't like magically happen overnight. It took a lot of work and, and persistence. And just the hardest part is when you get that rejection, you know, to just, pull yourself together and just keep going. Because so many times I was like, I, I'm, I, why am I doing this? Like, I'm just going to quit. Like, this is, this is stupid. Like no one likes what I do. Like my music apparently sucks. No one thinks I can sing. And I think I'm just going to quit, you know? And, but you have to just sort of like, remember, this is just one person's opinion, you know, like there's mm-hmm. just one person's opinion. And finally, it was just like a few years ago, it was actually after my dad died. My dad died in 2014. And um, my, I really changed after that. I really, really changed. And I became a little bit more like, I feel like time's more precious. And I feel like, why am I, why am I living off of other people's validation and opinions of me? So I said, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to take control of the matter and I'm going to create my own empire and my own stuff get my own studio. I'm going to be a producer. I'm going to be a member of the recording Academy. I'm going to be a Grammy voter. I'm, I'm all these things. And, and, and I, and, and I did it I'm, and I'm here and I'm doing it now. And now the tables have turned a little bit and now people are coming to me, the same ones that's mm. so same yeah. people. I remember them. <laughs> like, hey, so about that, come over here and just, you know, we'd love to have coffee sometime. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I remember you slamming the door in my face. Okay. Yeah. So it's literally that story. You know, you heard that story a million times, but I had that same story too, you know? So, um, you know, you just, it's just part of, part of the process, you know, but I think the, the moral of the story is don't let other people determine or dictate or, make you skew your, your like validation, your, your self-worth and your self, you know, and, and yes, it gives you an awareness of where you fall and it makes you want, you have to keep pushing harder. You have to keep working harder. And, um, and that's exactly what I did. I think it's, it's either going to, you're just going to fall to the side and crumble and quit. And a lot of, most people do that or something inside you that says fight. And I think for me, like, I felt like my dad was, was talking to me and saying, Justine, screw them. F them. Very colorful language. My dad, (laughs) (laughs) colorful language and F them and just keep going, you know, and that's exactly what I, what I've been doing, you know? So, and I really don't have like this thing now where I'm like, Oh, I hope they like it. Mm, I don't care anymore. I, I literally don't care. I'm just like, this is what I do. You either like what I do or you don't. And if you don't, I'm going to keep doing it anyway, because I like it. Does that make sense? And that I think makes that, total sense. Just having that, that sort of boundaries and setting that tone with people, it makes them realize like, Oh, okay. She cannot be pushed or swayed. Um, it's not that I'm being difficult. It's just, I'm, I know who I am. I know what I've been through and, um, these, you know, 
rejection stories after rejection stories, it builds that character. Yeah. And it makes you understand that when something actually does um, manifest and, and does result in a positive way, you've actually earned it. Exactly. You get a bit, you get a bit more of a uh, appreciation for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, and for me, success is so smoke and mirrors, you know what I mean? Like, like we all know, like a lot of this stuff is so fabricated and like they pay someone to tell everybody how great they are or they, (laughs) you know, so it's just, you have to understand like the music business is so smoke and mirrors. So you cannot, if you see something that's successful, you cannot boost yourself up because you know it's just it's a lot of it's just fabrication so you have to go off of the things that actually mean something like for me when I hear a song and I get that feeling like wow like that is what I live for I don't live for a billboard or a magazine or so it's cool but that doesn't change like who I am from a very like very very deep inner core does that make sense like i think a lot of people's their egos may boast or something like that or get this like false perception of themselves like oh i'm so awesome and it's like it doesn't like at the end of the day that's just that doesn't mean anything I mean, it's cool but yeah. it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day it's that's the actual substance of 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 what really matters and it's it's how you treat people it's how people respond to your work it's how people you know interact and uh just the whole entire you know friends and family and the, and the team um feeling good about about the process and, and having fun you know so exactly i mean that's one of the reasons why i asked the you know that's why i asked the question that way you know what's the memorable negative or no that you've had because life isn't a Instagram filter where all you see is the perfect because there's just so yeah. much crap out there that we all have to go through. I mean, I've been through it with this podcast. You know, you do get yeah. rejected all of the time and it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's just, it's just part, part of it. And I think, you know, for every failure, you, you're just one step closer to a success. You know, that's the way you have to kind of look at it. Um, Tommy Hop- Hopkins, he had like a lot of motivational stuff. Tony Robbins, I listen, I uh, follow the secret a lot, like the law of attraction, just kind of all of those things. Like just like mind, making sure your mind's in a, in a good spot because this whole business is mental and that's all it is. Um, anyone can really do this. I'm going to be honest. Anyone can really do this. It's just who has the mental sort of stamina to keep up with, with the crap you get day in and day. Cause every day something happens. Like literally every single day, something goes down that you have to <laughs> like take the, 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 the broom and the, and the, and the, and the, and the bucket yeah. and you know, scoop the crap that you have to deal with, you know? Exactly. So. <laughs> like what's your threshold you know <laughs> you mentioned about being a member of the recording academy and being a voter on the grammys how did that yeah. all like start and how do you get how do you get onto that yeah well it's just been years of of doing this um you know it's just years and years so you have to, you have to get nominated by two people in the industry um like like big people so i got nominated um, my mentor, Billy Decker nominated me and, and another guy and, um, Billy's got like 18 number one hits. I mean, the guy's like genius. That's who <laughs> I, that's who I learned from. That's how I learned how to produce and mix and stuff. And, um, so I just, you know, he nominated me and, and then they, they called me in and I had to go into like the big like conference room or whatever. And like, it was, this was like, a year ago, maybe less than a year ago. And I had to like interview with the people and talk about them. And then they like, they basically research your entire, you know, 
work history. So you know, any credits you have, like anything you've done, they make sure that it's a credible and it's, it's quality work. And, you know, for me being a writer to a producer, to an artist, to a vocalist, all of these things that I had done, you know, for 15 plus years, um, all, all mattered at that point, you know, like what yeah. work that felt like busy work at the time really actually meant something now. Um, cause it all the like entire like career, you know, is, is sort of judged and then they decide if, if you are you know fit for the, the academy or not so yeah what was that like then you know when you sat in that big conference room and they're going through everything and interviewing you and was anxiety levels through the roof kind of feeling um no not really you know I don't get scared anymore or intimidated um anxiety um not as met. I mean, I used to, but it's it's just sort of like anything else. You know, I just, I feel like we talked about this. I, I kind of go things at things now with an attitude of like, you know what, I know what my worth is. I know what I can do. I know my capabilities. Um, do I have room for improvement? Of course. Like we all do. You're know, like, there's no, I don't, you know, but what I do do, I feel like I, I can do it to the best that I can. So when they're asking me questions about stuff, you know, I, I say, Hey, I'm, I'm not actually familiar with that. I don't really know. I think people can like see through the BS and, and see through like, Oh, I'm just so fabulous. Every single thing I do, you know, it's like, there's that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm confident with like A, B and C, but like these things, I feel like I need to keep working on. Yeah. So I think showing that authenticity and vulnerability and, and the humility is going to, um, help you just with your whole type of like vibe and making sure that you're like a team player and like you're staying active in the music business. And then it's not just like a phase or a one-off or whatever, because a lot of people will do this for like a year or two and then they quit and they move on. And it's like, I wanted to make it really, really clear to them. Like, this is all I do. And I have no intentions of, of quitting this anytime soon. Um, this is all I do, you know, every day, all day, day in, day out. I don't have a life. This is my life, you know? So, um, you know, and I think that's, that's showing that level of dedication, um, versus just, it's not just a hobby to me. It's not just something I do, you know, on the side, this is the only thing that I do. Yeah. Um, you know, so just, just telling them those things and just being really, really blunt about it. I think they kind of saw like how passionate I was about this whole thing. Wow. 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 You've, yeah. The, I, I mean, I don't really get scared anymore about anything, but I can just imagine just being sat there and thinking, am I good enough? Am I really good enough? I mean, that's just me personally, though. It's just for me, it was just another conversation, you know, just talking to people. And um, it would have it would have sucked, you know, not to get it. But at the end of the day, like I've dealt with rejection mm -hmm. so many times before. It just would have been one more thing that I wouldn't have gotten. It's just like, I don't look at it as that. I just look at it as like, okay, it didn't happen today, but it doesn't mean it won't happen ever. It just means it just didn't happen today. Um, but I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep, you know, keep, keep working for it, you know? So that's, that's sort of the, the message. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, your mentor had, what was it? Uh, 13, seven, uh, 13 number ones. Now you've already oh, had like 18, like, 18. like like Sam Hunt, Rodney Atkins, Colt Ford, Chris Young, Dustin Lynch, Justin Moore. The list goes on and on and on. He's like ridiculous. Um, I'll, I'll show you. I'll yep. show you him. My main thing is you're creeping up there. This is, this is Billy. He's like my best friend. He's so funny. Oh, that, that's, that's actually a really sweet picture. Yeah, this was at a conference this was last year. So, What's he drinking? 
Uh, that was actually water. He, oh, he, was, was, water? he, was, he was a he was a speaker at the conference. And I was a attendee at the conference. So. Oh, that's awesome. What? Uh, which conference was that? Um, it's called the URM conference. Um, it was in, it was in Vegas. So he was, he was one of the speakers, you know, he was the one who like told me about it. So I was, um, I'll show you. I, I went in 2018 and in 19. Um, so th- this is, this was 2018. I went and it's, I was, uh, that's, that's me. That's me right there. Right at the and front. I, oh yeah. Cause that's the photographer's like, get up here. But I was the only female ever to attend this. Really? Um, there's 150 like producers from all over the world. There's not, not just the States, like all over the world. Um, and so I was like, I showed up and they were just like, like are you lost? Are you someone's girlfriend? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm here just like you are. I'm just, you know, I'm a producer too, you know? And they're like, damn, you know? And then I went again and that's that's his last year right there. Yeah. And the double, there's like 250 producers. Um, and I think there was one other girl uh, there, but she like was only there for like a day. But I, I went all three days. It was a th- it was a three day conference. So, um, yeah, no, I it was it was very no that okay intimidating. That was I, that, I'll tell you I, I was intimidated then. Yes, I was very intimidated because I mean I didn't know who these people were. I don't know what I was getting myself into. Um, but Billy, you know, I've known Billy for like eight years. So he was the one that like, you got to go to this. You got to go to this. I'm speaking at it. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, and, um, and that really kind of helped get my, my production stuff um, just going like hard, fast, you know? So I learned really like the best techniques, the best, you know, everything just you know kind of watching these speakers and you know they had so many amazing speakers you know for for three four days straight just you know giving you all kinds of things you can do yeah and um i like had notebooks and writing everything down and just trying to get better at it you know so just working really hard you know I mean, the pictures there kind of really emphasize what we were saying right at the start you know the three percent you know it's so sad seeing that there's only obviously just yourself there as a female that's just yeah i know i know it was it was i mean all the guys were really cool like there wasn't anything like like that going on um but yeah it's just it's very like it's like i don't understand i don't understand i've had this conversation so many times with like in you know other podcast interviews and i, I don't I, there's nothing like acutely masculine about producing i no, it's not exactly masculine thing i don't know why i think just more women are like I, I don't know i i really don't know i think for so many years it's sort of this like image that we have of like the guy at like the you know the ssl console and it's like the female is supposed to be singing and then that's it, you know, and just the little girl, like the, you know, the pretty face and, you know, no, no kind of involvement other than just like showing up and singing. And I think whether that's true or not, that's just sort of the images we've had through movies and through TV shows and through, you know, whatever. And I think just in the last, you know, couple of years through social media and, and those, those kind of things, it's just helped sort of broaden it a little bit more. Um, but I think most women, you know, they, they experience, I know, well, Megan, you can probably tell some stories. So she, she attended um, some audio schools and I know she had a few stories about just discrimination and yeah those kind of things well they kept the classes like quite small because they really valued the uh 
they valued a intimate a learning because they believed that kind of environment would increase your ability to learn. But the vast majority of the students were men. And my first round going, um, I was actually the only girl in the class. And then I ended up having to retake some classes because I wasn't doing very well. So I wanted to, you know, get my grades up. There were about three more girls when I was retaking these classes, but one of them was actually bullied and driven to drop out because, you know, she looked, she looked like a, a stereotypical, like girl, like she took care of herself. Like she got hair extensions. She did makeup every day and she had like fake nails, but she was one of the smartest girls in that class. But because like she was bullied about it a lot, just because of her, just because of her appearance, you just know? because of her appearance and she, yeah. ended, she just ended up like dropping out. And uh, yeah. I haven't heard from her since. And honestly, I just hope she's doing well. Uh, but one of the lighter stories that I can tell is that part of the curriculum we were doing um we were doing film and we were doing um or uh, we were recording an orchestra uh so that we could put it to a scene for a movie yeah and um they actually had us do a, a paper test and um the whole thing with that was that whoever got like the highest scores on the paper test were actually going to be the lead engineers for you know recording the orchestra myself and the other three girls that were there we all got the highest scores on that test and then um <laughs> round of applause uh, but what's even better is that um one of the instructors um i don't think he had a class that day so he came in because he used to teach that class they gave it to somebody else he came in to come check up on it and he asked us what we were what we were doing and he's like well we're splitting the jobs because it turns out you've got three lead engineers now not just one or two <laughs> and he told us that in the 50 years that he's been a part of the uh school this was the first time it's been led by women so he went upstairs and got somebody from staff to like take a photo for um <laughs> Took a photo for the website. <laughs> I mean, that that in itself though is also quite sad. The fact that they have to take a photo just to prove that a <laughs> female's taking the lead. I know, I know. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just like, why do they have to be like this? Yeah. You know, it's just it's so goofy. Yeah. And I wasn't exempt. I wasn't exempt from the from the bullying either. And I mean, like the staff members like would defend us and like tell us to not tell them they would tell them to knock it off, but it's like, it's not even, it's not something they can always, you know, help. It's just something you kind of have to like put at the back of your mind and just like, yeah. I got a call uh, a couple weeks ago, actually from a, from a studio and they called me up and they're like, Hey, um, we want we want to like interview you maybe like have you you know work for us or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Wow. That's awesome. And they're like, I'm like, well, what's, you know, what's been your favorite, you know, like, project I've done or like what have you, they're like oh we really haven't like researched you a lot we just kind of we just know that you're a female and we just we really need a female to work at our studio so we ask all the time do we have any women that do this and so I just you know I, I saw your stuff and I figured I'd give you a call and I, he literally told me that and I was like um I, I said okay uh well I, I really don't. And he's like, oh, he's like, I'm, I apologize if that, you know, if that's offensive. And I said, well, kind of. I said, because I I feel like I want to be known for my work. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to. And what really like pisses me off sometimes is like you get these like random like, weird guys on the Internet and I'll like post a song I mixed or produced or something like that. And they're like, oh, you're so hot. You're so pretty. And I'm like, what does that have to do anything with the song? Like, what is what am I, am I modeling right now? Am I, am I showing you like my cover of a, of a modeling pic? No, I'm literally showing you 
like a song I did. What does that have to do anything with my sex or my appearance or anything yeah. like that? Like it should be like, wow, that's, that's a badass mix or that's a badass production or yeah. how you get that snare to sound like that or the kick, you know, to come like that or whatever. And it's like, if that's a dude, like, would you be like, bro, I love that. And dude, you're so fucking hot. Like, oh my God. Like, no, you wouldn't say that. So why is it the same with me? Like, you wouldn't do that. Like, bro, you're so, you're such a good looking dude, bro. Like, oh no. So it's just such a double standard. And I think it's ridiculous. And, um, and I literally comment back and I'm like, what does that do with my song? Like, what is, what yeah. do I have to do with that? and then and then like i said i got the guy like about the studio or whatever and i think he felt a little like embarrassed after i said that but i was just kind of like i want to be known for for my work you know i want to be known for and you know if my stuff is cool if it sounds good to you awesome if it doesn't sound good like what i'll keep working on it but i don't want it to be in this like you know sort of subcategory because oh this is the female category and let's just you know judge it from because she's a female like no i want it to be like don't even just act like you don't even see my name and just listen to it and what do you think of it you know like what do you think of it and if you think it's good then say it's good if you don't think it's good then let's work on it you know what i'm trying to say exactly well it's like i don't do you know harry potter yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, the author, J.K. Rowling. Yes. Mm-hmm. She, the reason why she put J.K. Rowling was because a lot of publishing deals wouldn't go through. She was rejected by publishers because she was female. So that's why she put J.K., just so it seemed like it was a male name. And then she was taken on, obviously, when they realised it's female, they carried on. But for the fact that she's had to do that is just sickening in itself. And just the I whole know. scenario there is just, why would you sexualize somebody because of the how the look is when you're promoting the music i i don't know maybe because i'm just in it i don't i don't understand it like i would never be like it's it's no different than like oh it's a black guy oh well because he's black let's judge it like this or let's judge he's an asian guy oh well let's let's give it a different merit because he it's no different oh you're a female oh well then let's let's have a different level of standard or no like it literally has nothing to do with that like it should just be like oh it sounds good awesome or cool like whatever you know what i mean like it shouldn't be this like this category it's 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 no different than racism in my opinion like you wouldn't be like oh that's a black guy well let's you know let's talk about that you know no it's 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 no different you know so you can't just go around and discriminate someone for their their skin color. It's no different than being a female and and having this sort of like preface and this like opinion or this like sort of oh well because you're a female or whatever you know. So I don't know. It's just it's it's annoying and that's what I have to deal with. <laughs> so it's exactly. Like, I mean, God. I would I wouldn't go uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go through Facebook and look at all my friends and say oh you're a pretty female. I'll let's let's get you on the podcast. No, I don't. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> you know, it's. Am I the Am I the only one? Like we're so. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's just I don't know, but it gets it gets irritating. Or, or I get I got a couple times and I screenshotted it, you know, and I like there's you know there's pictures of me, um, you know, looking looking cute. And I like to look good sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. And um, you know, and. And it was like a picture of me, like I think I had like a dress on, like boots, and I was like sitting on a couch or something like that. And like some guys, like, oh, if you produce me, you're gonna show up like that. And I'm just like, oh, for oh, God, you know what I mean? Definitely this not is- producing you now. 
<laughs> exactly. It's just like, come on, dude. Like, you know what? A guy can can dress up in a nice suit and, you know, or, you know, go topless on, on the beach and, and look good. And, you know, and he's still going <laughs> to opportunity or the same level of of opinion but if like a female does it you know it, it becomes oh she just wants to like hook up with someone or she just she's just trying to flaunt whatever or she's just whatever the thing is you know and it's just like it shouldn't be about that I want to be judged for my talent sometimes I think you know people look think I'm Justin because they sometimes don't see the e so you know it's like they think I'm a dude and that's fine like let them let them think that um but I don't know I think it you know it needs to it needs to change I don't I really don't know and that's like with my clients that I work with, I work with a ton of young girls. I work with like 15 year old girls, 16 year old girls, 17, 18, 19. Like I work with so many young girls and I, and I, I tell them like, get, be involved, like ask questions, like do not let, you know, some like random old white dude, like determine stuff. Like you need to be involved, you know? And so, I mean, not everybody has to run out and be a producer, but you need to be somewhat involved in this process and, um, and understand that you have a voice and you, and you can do this. And so I think for me, I never had that growing up. I never, I never, not once have I had somebody of a female be like, Oh yeah, I'm a producer. I'm a mixing engineer. I'm this, I'm that. And so it was just men for my entire career. And so for me, it was like, I always loved the studio and I always like, that was my favorite place to be always. Like I've been in dance, I've been in pageants, I've been in modeling, I've been in acting, I've been in plays, I've been in so many different things, but definitely the studio was my favorite, favorite, favorite place. And so I always thought, man, I want to do that one day, but I like, I don't know how, because I have nearly no one to like follow, like, you know, so then I, I met Sylvia Massey and she's amazing. Like, I love Sylvia Massey. I have pictures with her. Like I talked to her and then, I, uh, Linda Perry, uh, she's really cool too. But I, but Sylvia is like awesome. Like Sylvia is the absolute best. Um, I met her a couple times and I got a picture with her on my wall back there and yeah. she's and she signed my poster and I met her at NAM and then I watched her, um, her presentation mixed with the masters at NAM and her whole approach is so funny. Cause I feel like she's, she's like, reminds me of myself. Cause she's just kind of like this like cute blonde, you know, she's just like real funny and kind of, kind of ditzy in some ways, but she, that's just her personality. But she's like, she knows her stuff, you know, she really does. And, um, you don't have to come after like, Oh, like I'm angry at the world. You don't have to be like that. You know, it's just like, you can just be you, you know? And I think, um, I had a couple other people tell me I shouldn't, you know, be, uh, I shouldn't, uh, they told me I need to wear uh, black all the time. I'm like, what? They're like, oh, if you're a producer, you need, you can only, you can't wear any colors because you, you don't want to take away from the artist. And I'm just like, who may, who's making up these rules? Like who is, who is deciding this crap? Like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be who I am. And who is making this up. I'm going to be, I can be an artist and I can still produce you. Like it's, it can, I can, guess what? I can do both. You know, it's like, (laughs) so it's just crazy. I don't know who's making this stuff up or who is going around deciding this crap, but it's all crap. And, um, I just want to be an example of like, you just do, do what you want to do. You know, don't have to follow what you think you're supposed to do, you know, exactly. cause there is no rule. Nobody has rules. They're just opinions that they think are right. That's exactly. what, that's what I mean. You be you, I'll be me. You know, if you want to just do whatever you want, go ahead. You know, I'll sit here in a bright frilly pink dress and yeah, I'm not going to distract you. I'm, no, 
yeah. So it's just, it's just goofy. But, um, at the end of the day, I just, I'm, I'm just trying to like make people, uh, and challenge them, inspire them. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can learn a thing or two about it. And, um, we just kind of create a, a movement over time. So <laughs> good girl. That, that's again, another round of applause. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, it's so sad that this even has to be a topic. You know, it's, I- Right. Absolutely. There, there's plenty of times where I've actually been, um, I've gone on tour. I'll talk with some of the band members and then, you know, they, they want to get to know their fans and all they're, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, currently I'm working in a studio and they would constantly talk about be like, oh, there needs to be more women in the audio world. And I look around and I look at their team and I'm like, well, where are they then? Like, yeah, <laughs> where, yeah, exactly. Where, like, where are say, they? You say that, but you're not showing it. And like, and I, I, I can like, especially out in California and like, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of women out there who would love the opportunity to just even learn about it. But there's like this massive gatekeeping just in its in its own community yeah it's it's nashville's really bad too like it's it's got like you have a couple of those guys like the guy that called me and like thinks that they're like you know being in the movement or something like that but yeah. just going about it completely wrong oh, um but majority of the people you know kind of running the show you know it's they want to keep it their guys and their little brohood and their little boys yeah. club mm-hmm. and so that's why I just decided to do it myself. I'm not waiting around for someone to hopefully give me an opportunity. Like, uh-uh, like little nope. fingers, no way. Like, uh-uh, I'm going to just do it myself. And um, so, I, you know, I, I built my studio. I have, you know, it's a fully treated space. I bought all my equipment, um, learned, you know, I'm still learning, learn every day, learn stuff every single day, you know, getting my my team, Megan, I have a great group of people I work with. And I, I, I'm really big about motivating my clients to, to stay out there. I want to hit, I want one of my artists to break and get huge. And I'd be like, hmm. I did that. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I want because all the people that, you know, wouldn't even give me a shot or whatever, like that's that I just want to prove them all wrong. And so, um, I, that's where I'm at. And that's what motivates me like every single day. Um, I think I saw like a quote one, one time and it was like, I'm not going to quit. I got a lot of, a lot of efforts to prove wrong. And I'm like, yeah, that was <laughs> I got so many people that would love to see me fail and it's not going to happen. It's not. So, um, it's just, I'm just going to keep going, you know? So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, yeah. it'd be great, you know, for an artist to just finally break through and you can stick that middle finger up to the world and say you know what screw you you know yeah I did, I did this without any help I just all on my own and um you know which is obviously my my team but but I'm talking to like the the man you yeah. know it, it's, oh no we would totally let you do that <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but it's like it's like just doing this and, and and we're getting closer I mean I have a lot of my a lot of my artists uh Nisa just broke top 30 in Australia um a lot of my artists are just doing amazing things around the radio like we're getting we're getting a lot of stuff done and it's, and it's only just been in a very short window it's just been a matter of less than a year and we're already making like a ton of progress so it's just staying um involved with them keeping that relationship going them you know keeping them motivated um and just continue to write good songs writing uh, you know, having the heaven, this, the songs, right. And cause I write everything, um, that I am involved with, uh, in some facet, you know, producing, uh, being creative, trying to think of things that haven't been done before. Um, and just trying to just think, think bigger, think beyond just what's in front of me, you know? So, um, that's, that's what, you know, that's what every day is about, you know, just, just doing that. Yeah. So, 
that. And finally say, oh, look, I don't have a penis. And I've made it. <laughs> and I have boobs. <laughs> it's amazing that. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, and just, and just, you know, being who I am, like, I, I'm not going to try to change and be someone I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm this person and, and I'm proud of this person that I am and, um, and just own it and create, create, create my own, you know, my own style, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah. It shows the amount of passion you have as well, you know, for the craft, whether it's, you know, as a singer, as a songwriter, you know, in producing, in the whole range of everything that you do it just shows how much passion you've got the fact that yeah. you've turned around and said you know what screw you i'm doing this myself you know it yeah. shows how yeah. much you love it because a lot of people just yeah. back away and that's the sad thing as well is the fact that people do bow down and say oh sorry you know i shouldn't do this if you yeah, want to well, do something even, do it and i have a conversation even with my clients because they're like oh well so-and-so said this i'm like well who's so-and-so Oh, well, you know, the guy at the gas station, like, like what? <laughs> yeah. No, everyone's going to have an opinion. The point to here is everyone is, if you're in the music business, everyone is going to think they're an expert. Everyone. Okay. The thing you people, the thing you have to listen to is obviously yourself, your internal team, and maybe a few like people here and they're like, like a mentor, like a Billy Decker or a machine or someone like that. Everyone else. I've, I, I don't have time for because they're just, you know, it's just, it's like the analogy, like the ones that boo the loudest, like are the or they're in the cheap seats. They're 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 way up. Mm-hmm. They 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 paid the uh, the the ten dollar, you know, the cheap seats, and they're the ones always booing the loudest. Ugh! When you have the ones that are like paying the the two thousand dollar VIP, you know, they're those are the ones that count. Like the ones that are closest to you, they've invested the most time. Those are the ones that you listen to. Everybody else, it's just a bunch of noise because everyone's going to have an opinion. Everybody yeah. thinks they're an expert at something. I mean, God, go on Facebook. You'll see everyone's a medical expert. Everyone's a, a, a politician <laughs> expert. I don't know how I had so many m- medical experts in my friend list. I had no idea. Yeah. According to statuses, everyone is an export when it comes to COVID. Everyone's an expert when it comes to politics. Especially technology of, as well, with these uh, 5G masts. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's that's the point I'm trying to make. So it's no different yeah. than music. Um, you just you just ignore it. It's just a bunch of people running their mouths. So the the people you have to listen to is your team, the people you know that you trust the most, your producer, your your co-writers, your your manager, your your PR, whoever. And all these other people, they're just naysayers and don't listen to them, you know, and that's the point because people are so easily influenced. We, we are a society of praise. We got to constantly be praised, praise, praise, praise. Oh, tell me how great I am. Oh, oh, oh. And if we're not getting that, we start doubting ourselves. And so we have to get back to saying, you know what? I don't care. I'm happy with who I am. I don't need validation. I am confident with what I've done, who I am, and how it's being received. Because majority of the people are going to love it. You're going to have like one or two people. Like I said, it's the guys in the back, cheap seats, booing. Yeah. Ignore them. (laughs) Well, I always remember um, Bobby Bones saying, it must have been like two, three years ago, saying that you know you've really made it when you actually start getting the haters in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're exactly right. So you, you got to have some haters. If you don't have haters, you, you're not doing enough. You got to, you got to like push them a little, you got to, you got to get them, got to ruffle them up a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Ruffle them up. <laughs> so yeah. Going back to your music then, I want to know more about the covers you've done. 
the covers. Um, I've done Sweet Child of Mine. Yep. Um, that was really fun. I've done Boots Made for Walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done um, did some Christmas ones. I've done I did Smile. I did that one. Um, time after time. I've done um, man. I've done a bunch. I just just throw them up on YouTube. I don't know. Just you know whatever I'm feeling like doing that day. <laughs> the t- the main one that I wanted to go into is Guns and Roses. Yeah, Sweet Child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one. That was that's so nice. I remember listening through your music when we when I first got the message from B Squared and saying, "Oh, do you, do you, would you like to have Justine on your uh, podcast?" It was like, "Okay, yeah." Listen through the music. It's like this is something else. <laughs> I'd never hey. thought I'd love Guns N' Roses more after listening to you singing "Sweet Child of Mine." You hey, really hey. add your own voice to it you had your own feel to it you had your own because it's it's slowed right down it's in obviously a high key but everything about it 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 gave me goosebumps it's giving me goosebumps now even thinking about it wow Wow, awesome i'm so glad you you like it um that was a really just random thing i was at the time i was working with this guy who was um doing covers for for sync licensing so i i'd signed on with them that was like two years ago. It was a long time ago. And I was just cranking out these covers for them and just making them like different and weird or whatever. And so he's like, he's like, I think they're looking for like a, like a rock song. If you could make like in a lullaby kind of like vibe or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. I was like, well, what if I did sweet child of mine kind of stripped down, you know, kind of piano, like sort of lullaby ish, you know? And he's like, yeah, that maybe. And so I just did it. And, um, and that's how it turned out. And uh, and I was really happy with it. And I just, I love the rendition of it. It really is, it's really interesting. It's just really different. And then the end where I like layered all this stuff, I had like 20 or 30 different vocal tracks just all kind of going. And it was like very reminiscent of like the Beatles, you know, just having those kind of, out those big extravagant outros and things like that. So um, I don't know, I just had fun with it. I really had no plan for it. I just kind of did it and boom, there it was. So <laughs> it's about, I mean, whenever we do like, whether it's a cover or whether it's your own music as well, you know, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, that's what it's about. Yeah, exactly. I just had fun with it and just, you know, playing around with creativity, just seeing where it can go. So, you know, <laughs> one thing I've got to say as well, I am really, really impressed with your Instagram. Oh, well, gee, thanks. <laughs> I love the way it's all laid out. I love the whole, you know, the uh, bubbles at the bottom. I'll, oh, thanks. I need I need to pick your brain on how to actually get it set out properly because yours is just like next level. Really? Thank you. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I've, I've been told I, I needs I needs to get better. So really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who says so that? that? Um, you know the old naysayers. They all they all have to tell you. you Don't know. listen to them. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't listen to it, but I just thought that was interesting because you, because you complimented, but, um, yeah, you know, I just, I, I worked with a, with a, the, uh, like a marketing company for about a year and they really got my followers up and they kind of helped me get, you know, just sort of a overall, like better vibe of my content and just trying to make it more interesting, you know, make it something where people feel that they can come back and see something that's different, you know? So I just try to mix it up. Um, but I'm always like thinking of ways to make it better. So, um, you know, do I do more tutorials? Do I do more like behind the scenes? Do I do more like day in the life? Do I just, just give you guys like 
the, the big highlights, you know, it's like, you know, all those questions, you never really know how, how it's resonating to the audience. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's one of the things I genuinely love is the fact that everything's laid out, you know, but I'm particularly talking about the bubbles here, but you know, it's just saying, obviously your newest single, you know, press my day behind the scenes, behind the scenes, music producing number ones, you really break everything down. And if somebody wants to know more about you in terms of production, you know, producing, they can click on that and they can see your stories from that, you know, throughout the past. If they want yeah. to listen to your music, there it is. Everything's just so brilliantly laid out. I love it. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, um, I studied marketing and PR in college. So I, I studied my bachelor's degree to that. So I guess to some level, I have a little bit of that background and I'm always finding ways to like tie in marketing. Cause I I'm a big believer in like, you can sell anything to anybody. Like if they can make a millions off selling pet rocks, like I can go out <laughs> and, but they literally sold a pet rock, you know, and made millions off of it or a chia pet or, um, Slime. you know, any- yes. You know what I'm trying to say? Because there's some guy or gal or team with a marketing background marketing this, you know, so I'm really, really, really fascinated with marketing. I think it's just, I, I feel like I can never learn enough about how to market something. And cause it's always shifting. It's always like this, like amoeba that's just like constantly evolving and shaping and molding and like almost minute by minute, you know, and it's, you have to just be on top of that and understanding how is this received? How is this being perceived? How would I you know, see this from a, from a consumer, like who is your consumer, you know, um, you know, Pepsi has, you know, a brand, you know, uh, you know, these headphones, these sure headphones, you know, there's, there's a branding behind this. There's like a, a whole thing, you know, like every single thing that you have on your desk or that you're wearing, or there's a marketing behind it. There's a reason why, you know, you, you bought that. So for me, that's very fascinating. And I like to cross it over into music because at the end of the day, like I tell my clients all the time, singing does not make you special. Playing guitar does not make you spectacular. That that's what, that's something you physically do. That doesn't equate to record Mm -hmm. sales. What equates to record sales is, or streams or bookings or whatever, is the emotion behind that. So how do you take a physical activity like playing the guitar or singing and translate that into an actual product that people want to buy and listen to? And usually that's emotionally based. That's 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 an emotionally based decision. So with a song, you you always want to think, make the person laugh, dance, or cry. It's those three things. That's, that's true. That's your three choices. So when you have a song, if you're not making them dance, you know, making them laugh, like that's, 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 that's a fun song. That's kind of cool. Or feeling the emotional, like mm-hmm. just sit, be sort of in the emotional, like cry or even a dance. Cause it's a very like lyrical kind of song then you're not doing it right. And, and people are like, oh, I don't want to have to live within those proximities or those, then that's fine. Like, I'm not telling you, you can't, but I'm if you want to make this a successful business for yourself, you have to live with that sort of mindset. Yeah. And you have to understand that, that you are a commodity, you're a product, like any other, anything else. And look at, just look around anything else that, that, that you have, it's literally no different. So the sooner people can kind of get that, that mindset, they're going to go a lot further with their art and with their creation. Cause remember singing, it's just something you physically do. It doesn't equate to actual branding and actual product that's being sold. So exactly. how do you take that and make that interesting? So somebody's going to be able to like, that's cool. I like that. Mm. I want more of that. 
And to tie it in with, you know, where we started with this whole COVID, we're having to rely on marketing the way we showcase ourselves, you know, more so now, you know, not just in person where you can say, okay, then come to my gig and buy a CD. It's now, please download my music, even though I'm a thousand miles away, I'm 5,000 miles away. I mean, you're in Nashville now and I'm here in the UK, you know, that's what, 5,000 miles? Mm-hmm. But still, we're able to do this, and it's about showcasing. It's about promoting yourself, and it's it's right, you know, right. It all falls into that marketing. Yep, exactly, exactly. It's about just you know finding your your sound and your brand, and you know it's a process. It doesn't it doesn't have to be, and you don't have to figure this out tomorrow. You don't have to figure this out by next week. You don't have to figure this out even you know, within a month, you know, it's, that's the whole term of development. You hear that word artist development, artist development, artist development. And what that really means is just understanding your voice. Okay. I don't like it when, uh, an artist, you know, comes to me and they're like, well, tell me, what do I do? And it's like, I, I don't know. What do you do? You know, you, you, you know, I don't, I don't want you to be controlled by what I think you should do. I want you to do what you do. And then I just enhance that Yeah. as a, your producer i just want to take what you do and elevate that and, and make it shine and make it sparkle and make it as pretty as i possibly can but i want you to know who you are and if you don't know who you are today that's absolutely fine but start figuring it out start start to figure that out that process who are you as an artist what are you trying to say what are you trying to write about who is your audience who is looking at your pictures who is listening to your songs if you don't know start to do some research on on yourself and your analytics and understanding these things because they're important if you want to be successful if you don't care then you just keep doing what you're doing and do it for yourself self-fulfillment there's nothing wrong with that but if you're really trying to go to the next level understand it watch taylor swift's career love or hate her i don't know you just but just watch what she's done she's like mastered this whole marketing thing like to a t well, end of the day, the great thing with Taylor Swift is she's understood her demographic. You know, she's understood, yes, the she's younger generation. And they've all grown audience. up. And her music's grown up with her audience. Right. You know, it just shows that marketing, that whole understanding what she's doing and what she's selling. And you've got that nail to a T as well. Well, thank you. It's just, you know, you can never just be like, oh, I checked it off the box and I'm done. And it's just like, you just have to keep going every day just try to continue to engage new people and try to reach new things and do new things and every day you know and and there's no it's an infinite process that never stops you know so all right so we're getting towards the end i've got one more question it's a really really important question Uh oh do you like pizza of course pineapple on pizza no there's no pineapple on pizza really Megan? I like pineapple. No, I like pineapple, but... It's a no from Justine. I love pineapple on pizza. There I mean, we go. That's the answer I wanted. It's not like I won't eat it. I'll still <laughs> eat it with pineapple on... But it just seems like an odd... It's like, a, like where did... Bet, like, who started that? You bet, it was some guy... Right? It was some guy in Canada. <laughs> the Canadians. <laughs> Like it's it's a perfect balance of like sweet and salty. That's why you put it with with ham or pepperoni yeah. or like a feta cheese even. But like, why not apples or why not um, oranges? It's it's citrus. I mean, you probably could do it with oranges because like I think people enjoy like the tangy citrus of it. But like, I, I used to work as a a delivery driver for Domino's and part of the training. <laughs> wait 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 wait. Megan works for Domino's. I'm, cur- I'm currently a, 
store manager for Domino's. I, yeah. <laughs> that is my that's my day job. That's awesome. What's what's the chance of that? <laughs> No idea. That's funny that you said that. <laughs> when you when you started, did you you will you'd have had the same training as what I would, apart from it be more of the US version than the UK. Did yes, you? Like, I, I did start as a delivery driver, actually. The training that you had, did you have to like? Did it tell you all like the different pizzas from around the world, like what's in Taiwan? Uh, no, we have we have different pizzas than like you know what say what would be in the uk i have researched like other people's like specialties and like their other menus and i've tried to give it to you know like our corporate to see if we can't incorporate some of that yeah i don't know i just like they i think they like keeping it different well it's like i think it's like the caribbean you know they've got bananas on pizzas in taiwan they've got noodles on pizza Hmm. so it just shows that everywhere is a bit different yeah yeah, we've got um, something called the uh, the Honolulu Hawaiian, and in addition to ham and pineapple, there's also um, roasted red peppers and bacon. Nice. Well, you guys have the English breakfast, which I had Ooh. at the airport. What do you think was, to it? Uh, it's good. I like. I really liked it. The the beans and the eggs and the. It's everything. Um, I, I didn't like the thing where it was like the pig's blood thing or whatever that is. Yeah, I didn't. No, I, we'll we'll skip that. But everything. Else, <laughs> I liked it, so... <laughs> Not everybody here likes black pudding, but I, I, I love black pudding. I've been brought up on it. Um, what do you think to the bacon in comparison to American bacon? Um, It's, like, more like ham, you know? It yeah. was more like, like ham, in my opinion. But um, it was good. I mean, I, I love breakfast food, so I can <laughs> eat that all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> How do you have your eggs? I'm usually more of a um, cook them hard I yeah. don't like anything runny or. Bleh. How did you? How like did they come? Or, or hard, huh? How did they come? Your eggs. Um, I think they came. I don't remember actually. I think they came hard. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I usually I usually like to have poached eggs, so. It, it might have been that too. I might have just said, "Hey, cook them hard," because I just I won't eat eggs if it's if it's any runny. I don't know why, but I just I just. Don't. I only recently started liking Blech. runny, so. I mean, I'll I'll eat breakfast however it comes. Just get it over yeah. here. I mean, bacon. Yeah. I've got to have it crispy yeah. though. Yeah, it's gonna be crispy. I'm I'm real big on like my strip bacon, you know. Yeah. But I I usually eat turkey bacon here, um, just because like. The pig, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, I tried to like, like eat too much pork, but yeah. um, like a turkey is a bird, so it's different. It's but. not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're mean, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of jerks, but pigs are like, they're so cute. They're so cute. I don't know. Feel yeah, bad. <laughs> I do love it. Pigs are so friendly as well. I know. They're like little dogs. They're cute. They love having their belly rub. <laughs> I know. Just sing. It's out now. It's out now on Spotify and I or Apple Music. I think it's on iTunes. I don't know, but I know it's definitely on those two. It's on YouTube, my website. Um, yeah, it's everywhere. It's just check it out, add it to your playlist, you know, sp- spread the word and request it um, at your radio station because it's on Play PE right now. So if you're in radio world, you know what that means. It's like it's up on the server. You guys can download it get it added to your station and play it. And then we get the music video coming out in a few weeks. We're actually, it's getting a debut right now, exclusive debut on the country network. So that'll be exciting. So the video will be out very soon, but right now just sing, check it out. Where can we find you on social media? 
Yeah, Instagram is at Justine Blazer. Facebook's at Justine Blazer or Justine Blazer Music. And my YouTube is Justine Blazer Music. And my, my Twitter is Justine Blazer. And I just joined TikTok. And that's <laughs> Justine Blazer. And I think I'm on Snapchat, but I haven't checked in a while. But Justine Blazer. So if somebody wants... Like- if somebody wants you to produce their stuff, how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, just contact uh, 1017 Studios. That's my um, studio page. So on my bio on Justine Blazer, there's like right in my bio, there's the link to 1017 Studios. And shoot me a message. We'll get you going. We'll probably get have Megan talk to you. And we'll get, you, get, get, her, get her talking to you. And we'll get all the information. Um, I do work remotely. So even if you're not even here, I have clients in... Paris. I have clients all over the world. So, um, even if you're not in Nashville, doesn't matter. Like we, I can, we can, we can get it. We can make it work. Um, I do a lot of stuff remotely and, uh, we'll make it happen. So <laughs> um, Megan, do you want to give your socials? Uh, yep. Um, my Facebook is Megs Harper with an, uh, with an a before the E and then, um, uh, my Instagram is Mex heart without the uh, vowels. Uh, and my Twitter's private, so. <laughs> okay. Ten Seventeen Studio. She's, I'm, I'm she's, with I'm with her on Ten Seventeen. Yeah, she's she's listed there. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you both for coming on. Thank you, Don. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll have to come back again soon. <laughs> definitely, definitely have to organize something soon. Thank you, everybody, for yep. listening. It's been absolutely fantastic chatting to both of you here, and look forward to speaking to you next time. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you all next time. Bye for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews, and general chit chat on all things country music.